Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We have guest speaker Pranita Timothy with us today, who is the founder of Justice and Hope, a social work organization in Chennai that works with the most vulnerable people of society. Pranita shares with us on how to be disciples of Christ who live and walk with true humility just like Jesus did. Uh, good morning church. It's indeed an honor for me to be sharing from God's word this morning. This morning I want to talk to us about humility. It's a topic that I fully haven't understood myself. I'm still learning, but there's no better place to go than to the scriptures and to see what the scripture says about humility. Um, the definition of humility. Humility means the quality of having a modest or low view of one's importance. A uh, few quotes from different people. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. That's from C.S. Lewis. Selflessness is humility. Humility and freedom go hand in hand. Only a humble person can be free. Jeff Wilson. And Thomas Merton says, Pride makes us artificial and humility makes us real. Today I want us to think about humility and there's no better example than Jesus Christ himself. And so I will be talking from Philippians chapter 2. Verses 1 to 18. The passage itself starts off with a heading, at least in the NIV Bible, where it says, Imitating Christ's humility. Verse 2 onwards, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, and if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. I think it's a very, very powerful passage, a passage that has challenged me over these years as I walk with Christ. It's a passage that challenges me personally in my actions. It is also a passage that challenges me to understand the depths of what Christ went through uh, for our sake, uh, to save us and to bring salvation to us. Now, when we look at this passage, I want to just bring out a few points. Uh, the first point being that humility brings unity. And Paul, in this passage, 
very clearly he starts off in in a sense as if you know it is therefore if you have any encouragement but in reality he knows exactly uh, the truth that all of them have received the encouragement they have received love comfort from god and so he kind of turns it around and he says in an argumentative way and you know if there is consolation in christ instead of saying that he actually means since there is consolation in christ since there is comfort of love since there is fellowship of the spirit be one in christ be not divided love one another be like minded having the same love being of one accord one mind now paul knew that to create unity you need to first understand humility people don't quarrel when all their ambitions and goals are met right only when we have to reach something or we want something and it's not being met we end up with arguments and uh, divisions and so he knows that unless we become humble unless we consider others better than ourselves there can never be unity in the church when each one is willing to be least when everyone desires to place others higher than themselves there is an end to you know the silo mentality uh, all divisions are thrown away now in order to create this loneliness of mind um, where we consider others better paul spoke about the loneliness in christ um, which is the greatest example that we can follow Now, when we look at humility, uh, we have, first Paul talks about humility uh, brings about unity, and the second thing he takes us down this path to show us what humility actually entails. What does humility look like, and in what areas of our life should we be showing humility or be humble? You know, we human beings are so set in our ways; we're so full of pride, and it took. humiliation uh, at least in my life to teach me the virtue of humility and i think those two words are so much uh, similar and i think they take off from each other because to understand humility i think it requires humiliation and that's my second point humility requires humiliation and let's look at how uh, jesus christ uh, you know how was he humiliated but jesus suffered beyond anyone can ever suffer personally in his body he suffered weakness hunger thirst just imagine the richest person in india okay let's take the ambani's imagine his son doesn't choose to live in that mansion and chooses to go and live with the slums of mumbai and suffer the weakness the hunger and the thirst and the you know uh without shelter what would we think about somebody like that you know it is so humiliating for him because he has a status he has position he has power but he gives up all that to come and live with the poor and that's what jesus did he suffered that kind of humiliation where even though he could have had everything he chose to become hungry to live 
in weakness and even ask on the cross in on thursday and he was known as a man of sorrows jesus was known as a man of sorrows it is because he was always sorrowing uh, he suffered rebuke insult he was called false um, he was called a liar a drunken man and even his miracles some someone said that he is doing those miracles because of belzebub and he has the devil in him why are you listening to him and that's the level that jesus humbled himself too he not just physically suffered humiliation he also suffered humiliation uh, in his mind in his heart he struggled greatly many times and what did he do when he struggled he went to the father and he prayed and we see you know he prayed in the garden of gethsemane where he says father if it's your will take away this cup from me so there are times of anguish that we see jesus going through there are times of uh, physical pain and hunger uh, he did not have a place to lay his head uh, that kind of physical uh, humiliation we see in jesus and on the cross i think that was the greatest humiliation where he was always known as the son of god and on the cross he cries my god my god why have you forsaken me it's because at that time i think he lost consciousness of um, god's presence you know to that extent he gave himself up and it is because he chose to humble himself in many ways humiliation uh, teaches us humility the third point i want to talk about today is humility requires obedience now in the passage that i read we see in verse 8 and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself becoming obedient to death even death on a cross he continued to descend himself by humbling himself more and more notice the the rule of his descent in verse 8 is that he humbled himself by becoming obedient so i think the greatest um, way to humble yourself is by being obedient to the scriptures i know people who try to humble themselves by will power uh, i have seen people whipping themselves to show humility and submission i have known people who practice voluntarily uh, voluntary humility where they will talk very humbly uh, they will use very um, you know cautious language uh, and good words for the public to see but they are as proud and deceiving as satan himself but the way jesus humbled himself was through obedience he invented no method for making himself ridiculous he put upon himself no you know this image which said which brought attention to his poverty he simply obeyed the father and there is no humility like obedience obedience is the best humility laying yourself at the feet of jesus and making your will active only when your will and god's will align together this is truly humble in what 
way then did Jesus Christ in his life obey? There was always about him the spirit of obedience to his father. He was always, while here, subservient to the father's great purpose in sending him to earth. He came to do the will of him that sent him and to finish the work. He learned what that will was partly from the Holy Scriptures. If you, if you see the Scriptures, you will constantly find him acting in a certain way. And then it says, and that Scripture might be fulfilled or that Scripture was fulfilled. He shaped his life on the prophecies that had been given concerning him. Uh, you see in Isaiah 42, in Isaiah 61, uh, and he even declared it in John um, 4.18, you know, he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he's anointed me to preach the good news. And how he will go about it is also prophesied. And that's how he did. He set the captives free. He set those in prison free. He brought out from dungeon those in darkness. All of that. And he brought sight to the blind. And he lived according to the scriptures, in obedience to the scriptures. By doing that, he did the will of the Father. Also, there was with him the Spirit who always led him and guided him. So he could say, I do always those things that please the Father. He was sent to save and he went about seeking and saving those who were lost. Dear friends, when we get into the kingdom of God, when we wish what he wishes, when we live for the great object that fills God's heart, when we lay aside our desires, our wishes, our dreams, and even you know our lawful desires, um, which we can have, but when we seek to do only the will of God and live only for His glory, that will be truly humbling. Because at each step, we will be checking ourselves and saying, does this align with God, what God is telling me? Does this align with the scriptures? And that will help us to change our decisions, change the way we work. Uh, we may be hurt by somebody and we are struggling to forgive. But then when we look at the scriptures and it says, this, you know, forgive so many times, 70 times 7, then you go back and you correct yourself and you give up your desire to hold the grudge and you walk in alignment with what the scripture says and you forgive. So it's very important that we follow in the footsteps of Jesus where humility requires obedience. And for me, the greatest, uh, I think, uh, tool that has helped me is, you know, when scripture says, love your neighbor. Many times, uh, whether I have to help somebody, whether I have to um, go and ask for forgiveness or the way I treat someone, you know, God convicts me. Do you really love your neighbor? And I think even as Paul says, let love compel your actions, which is why I think obedience leads us to humility. We do things that we would never do. Uh, and when I look at my life, the things that I've done, I would have never thought I can do. One, because I may not have the courage to do it. Two, because that's not at all something that I was interested in growing up.
but because of scriptures and because of the love of god that i experienced i am compelled to do the same things and so it is important that we are walking in obedience to scriptures and that will lead us to humility fourth humility requires strength now i'm not talking about you know being this person who is who's lost everything i cannot do everything i have no self esteem slow self worth and therefore i will not act and that is how humility not at all you know humility is someone with great strength uh, influence and power but they still restrain themselves not to act they have all the power to do it but they still will not act because maybe scripture doesn't allow them to act scripture says do this and not that and so they're following in obedience and even though they have all the power they restrain themselves i want to show you this image of these two dogs i just love uh, this image i've had both these dogs the breeds together and it's just fun watching them because this big dog is like this sitting there chilled out and the little one is the one that keeps barking biting the feet and all the big dog has to do is just one snap and can literally swallow the small one but the big dog doesn't do that the big dog knows its power it knows its purpose i guess and it's just a friendly dog and it will not change its character because of this other dog that's irritating it and i know it's it's a different analogy but many of us love pets and i learn a lot from pets and this is something that i've seen you know why is it that this big dog doesn't want to just retaliate it's because i think the dog understands its strength and its power and it still chooses to remain friends with its small dog and similarly you know god uh, is all powerful and yet he chose to become a man and come and live amongst us let's go back to looking at philippians chapter 2 where how did jesus respond in his situation did he have strength or did he just die because somebody killed him you know it says he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even death on the cross our god willingly died no one forced him he willingly died you and i we have to die someday whether we are willing or not we don't have a choice there is an appointed time for us to die once and we will die but jesus did not have to die yet he was willing to surrender his life willingly he said i have the power to lay it down and i have the power to take it up again this commandment have i received from my father he died willingly but at the same time he did not die by his own hand he did not take his own life i'm not talking about suicide over here he died obediently he waited till his hour had come and when he was able to say it is finished he bowed his head he gave up his spirit he humbled himself so as willingly to die he proved that obedience of his death also by the meekness of it as isaiah said as a sheep before her shearers is a 
he is dumb so he openeth not his mouth he never spoke a bitter word to the priest to the scribe to the governor to the roman soldiers and when the women wept he said to them daughters of jerusalem weep not for me but weep for yourself and for your children he was gentleness he did not curse his murderers and he died willingly for the sake of the purpose that god had sent him to die to save you and me and that required a lot of strength it was he did not just give up because he was weak no he had all the power and yet he willingly gave up his life for us fifthly humility requires courage you know what a death christ's death was it was a violent death it's not like jesus fell asleep gently and many people uh, even i pray that you know that i should just go without any pain uh, just without suffering just die easily but that's not the peaceful end that jesus had he died a murderous death you know the jews and the gentiles put together cruelly took his life they crucified him they ripped him apart it was also an extremely painful death and a painful slow lingering death uh, it was agonizing you know those parts of his body which um which the nerves were you know especially the hand part where there are a lot of nerves he was pierced with rough nails um the weight of his body was made to hang upon his frame and most people are when when you're hanging on the cross like that you know they say that your lungs cannot hold that much of weight and it's a very very painful crushing death he died not just of physical pain but also there was so much anguish and like i mentioned before he had to cry out the son of god had to cry out and say father where are you have you forsaken me not just that it was a shameful death you know thieves were crucified with him uh it was a death that was only reserved for the slaves and the worst criminals no roman citizen would be put to death in such a way and he was rejected of men and despised of god he did not die like a hero in a battle nor as someone who died while rescuing others or you know this heroic death he died a criminal upon the cross of calvary he was it was a cursed death you know god himself called it so he said cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree he was made a curse for us and so going back i want us to just remember that first of all it is very important that we talk about this topic of humility because god has called us to be the church and for us to be the church we are called to humility because the unity in a church comes from humility that's the first point the second point we saw is that many times humiliation is the path to humility humility requires obedience 
and like Jesus, we may suffer. Uh, Jesus suffered up to the point of death on the cross. I don't know what you and I are called to suffer for this then to obey the word, obey scriptures, and that's the best path. Let scriptures compel you to walk in the will of God. And the fourth point we spoke about is humility requires strength and then humility requires courage. It was not easy for Jesus to die on that cross. It required courage for him to be allowed to be captured, for him to be allowed to be beaten up and to hang on the cross. He knew what was coming. That did not reduce his pain. I don't think so. You know, even though we know what's going to happen, you still have to go through that pain. And that's what Jesus did. So I want us to look into our own lives today and think about how do we begin to bring humility into our lives? And I know it seems, uh, what should I say, contradictory when we say, are we looking for humility? or? But there are ways to practice humility. And there are ways to understand, am I being humble or prideful? It, there are ways to do that. And let's start with very simple, practical ways in our everyday life. You know, for me, the most... A humbling thing is to be with my kids because they don't care who you are, what you've achieved, nothing. For you, for them, you are just their mama or dada. Or, uh, and they don't care what you've achieved in life because they want you to be there for them and they want you to do what they want. And even if you tell them, uh, this is wrong and this is right, they're like, no. My teacher told me this, so I will follow only that. So all your knowledge is totally thrown out and you just have to be in that place of, you know, kind of humiliation to know that even though I have 20 years more experience in that subject than the teacher, the teacher is still right according to your children, right? So you just have to accept it and take that in and leave it at that. So they teach me a lot of humility. Um, I've done this many times. I talk to strangers just on in uh, trains, airplanes, and never revealing what you've accomplished or who you are or where you are. And sometimes it's it helps you because they don't know who you are and what you've achieved and what you're capable of and they just accept you for who you are and that's very important because the opposite of humility I think is being fake, being false and for us to be real we need to be humble and in that humility we need to be able to accept who we are and be very happy and content with who we are. Even if we achieve nothing in life it should be enough that we are the child of God, and we are living out our purpose, which is loving our neighbors as ourselves and being trying to imitate Christ in living his life. I think that should be the only credentials that we should be proud about. Everything else should just not matter at all. So try talking to strangers without telling anything about what you're good at or what you do and Listen to them instead and try to understand what they've done uh, and hear from them what 
what what is happening in their lives that really helps uh, when you walk into a building into a gathering sit at the back where no one will serve you where no one will think you're significant even the scripture says don't go and take the first seat sit at the back even if everybody ignores you just sit there you know it it helps it helps a lot uh, i've done that intentionally uh, so that if i feel like okay uh, i will be recognized or if people there know me i just want to sit at the back and not go up front because then people may call you up on stage or make you feel special and you don't want that to get to your head so i just go to a gathering i sit at the back and quietly watch uh, what is happening and allow others to take the stage can you keep doing your work whether it's at school at office without constantly um seeking approval from your boss just do your work faithfully just keep meeting your deadlines doing what you're supposed to do and even if the credit goes to somebody else don't ever bring it up i know it's something that you may be thinking why am i saying that but it happens in every office you quietly do your work somebody else takes the credit and then you want to prove yourself and then it goes into this whole thing about uh is she greater am i greater and in that situation you will not consider others better than yourself and so there is something called serving in hiddenness keep doing your work faithfully let god lift you up let god give you the glory don't go and ask for it yourself don't keep updating update your boss because you're supposed to update every week or your weekly report that you can but don't keep going and saying i have done this i have achieved this i have achieved that don't go into that try to work faithfully at every small thing given to you and i love god to lift you up another thing that you can do is go and volunteer in a place go and volunteer any place whether it is a home or uh, an a children's home an old age home somewhere and while you volunteer your aim for that day is only to make the other person feel special and understood that they feel like they've been listened to and you know it's not about you that whole day just make that a practice once a month if you can do that go help somebody else and these are small things that will take the attention off yourself me i myself and put you in a position where you think about others and there may be so many more but these are small practical things that we can do one of the things that really irritates me is when i'm standing in line and somebody cuts the line and comes forward i'm like no you have to go back but then i tell myself no maybe they are in a hurry there is something at this and if i'm not in a hurry why not let that person go in front why should i always fight for my rights it's okay there are times you don't have to fight for your rights it doesn't hurt me to stay there 5 minutes extra right let the other person maybe they have a child at home maybe they're not well that day 
and that's why they're in a hurry or they have to report back somewhere always always put somebody else's um you know thoughts and things above yourself and so let's pray god have me father we thank you lord for your spirit because your spirit convicts us it guides us it leads us into everything it leads us to reveal more of god and who jesus is we thank you lord for that we thank you for your scriptures where your scriptures are like a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path father your scriptures lead us step by step in any path we need to take so i pray father that we as a church would walk in alignment in your will we'll put aside our will and walk according to the scriptures i thank you father that you love us so much that you always want us to become more and more like jesus and so i pray that even as we look at our lives look at areas where we need to be humble i pray that you would help us you would make it easy for us to accept and to change father i thank you and praise you for every single person who's here especially during these times of covid during these times of not so much of suffering because of our situations around us because of lockdowns i just pray father that um you will be real to each one of us father i pray for those who lost loved ones even as they grieve i pray that your tangible presence and your love will comfort and lord will give them peace of mind and will guard their hearts i pray father for those of us who are struggling without jobs those of us who have lost income because of shutdowns and lockdowns i pray lord that you will be jehovah jireh our provider i also pray for those of us who are sick I pray that you touch and heal us by your stripes we are healed and we claim the promise i pray father that you will be with each one of us and you know our struggles what we go through Lord, I just pray that we will look to you and we will know that you are enough and that you, when we trust in you, that we can be confident of this, that you will hold our hands and take us through. And so I ask all of this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, Make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.